Well, hello, Texas fans, and welcome back to another segment of the Horns Illustrated Beyond the Stats podcast. As always, I'm Ryan Zayas, one of the writers for HornsIllustrated.com, joined by Luke White. Luke, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing good. we got a big weekend ahead for Texas baseball, so there's certainly a lot of excitement about that. Certainly will be. And Texas fans, this is probably the most up-to-date podcast covering Longhorn baseball because we're recording uh, less than an hour and a half before Texas baseball takes the field for their first game of the weekend uh, facing number 11 Texas Tech a three game Big 12 series it's going to be very critical to both teams chances uh, Luke as far as it comes down to to claiming the Big 12 title uh, Texas Tech trying to make that late push They've not really. They, they really surprised a lot of people, but not in a good way. Uh, eight and seven in conference during the weekend. Texas uh, has done Texas things. Twelve and three in Big Twelve play. Uh, took the series against Oklahoma State last weekend in Stillwater. Saw a lot of good things from them uh, in, in the Longhorns, Luke, uh, last weekend against Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, as we mentioned, I think in our podcast last week, had a very good offense, but Texas pitching really stood the test and showed up. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that we, me and you have both said it before, but pitching has really kind of emerged as this team's strongest uh, uh, strongest aspect of their game. And kind of reading off some stats here, uh, this is uh, an article from the Austin American Statesman, but it says, Texas enters this weekend with a Big 12 leading ERA of 2.87. That ranks sixth nationally in their number one in the conference. And then the Longhorns also have a top 10 whip of 1.18, and, you know, I think that pitching really stood out in the series win versus Oklahoma State. You uh, yourself said Oklahoma State has a very high-powered offense. You know, they got Christian Encarnacion Strand, one of the top players in the conference and in the country, really, especially when it comes to offense. And, you know, Ty Madden and two Stevens have really become a two-headed monster for that starting rotation this season. Uh, both uh, recently playing, sorry, both have recently put together very strong performances and going down to the bullpen, it's really been the freshmen that have also stood out on this team. you got guys like Tanner Witt, Aaron Nixon, and Lucas Gordon. All three have been uh, very successful this season, as uh, all three being true freshmen. Uh, certainly don't see that much from a lot of teams. And, you know, pitching, I think, will also be uh, – they'll certainly need to be kind of at the top of their game this weekend because uh, going over some stats about uh, this Texas Tech offense now, they average 7.8 runs a game. Uh, they lead the Big 12 in the home runs with 59. And they scored du- double digits in 11 of their games. Uh, so this is really a team that uh, very high-powered offense. It's going to be a lot of fun to see them go against the pitching of uh, Texas. Yeah, and speaking to that Texas Tech lineup, Luke, uh, they have a really good balance. This is what I like about this Texas Tech squad. They have a good balance of power hitters and then hitters who can really hit for average well. Uh, you got Jace Jung. I think he comes to mind because of his older brother, Josh. Uh, but he's just as good as Josh, if not better, as some uh, experts have, have alluded to. Uh, just really has the ability to drive the ball well. Uh, tied for the Big 12 lead in home runs with 15. and then, But then you got guys like Drew Baker in the lineup. He's a left fielder. 
for the Red Raiders, a sophomore, uh, has just two home runs on the season. But what I really like is he's hitting uh, 391, second in the conference. And so this is a team that there's really no weak spots in the lineup. There's just a little bit of differentiation uh, when it comes to the, the type of bats uh, that these Texas pitchers will face. Uh, you got the top of the lineup a little bit more power heavy than the bottom. But at the end of the day, there's a reason why this Texas Tech offense is better statistically than Oklahoma State. So if Texas wants to win the game, it's going to come down to their starting pitching, uh, getting the most out of your starters, specifically Colby Kubitschek on Sunday. He struggled as of late. Uh, then the bullpen needs to be able to hold leads because these are not going to be uh, games which Texas wins by multiple runs and, and vice versa. I think uh, these are going to be close games decided by just a few plays. And so uh, it's going to be very, very key to have a, a bullpen that can close out games well and, and limit the opposing offense. For sure. And I like what you said about these games are likely going to be very close. And that's going to be different from kind of really the high-powered uh, showdowns we've seen from this Texas squad this season. You know, uh, going against those bats at Texas Tech, you kind of named some of our best players, Jace Young, Drew Baker, uh, Dylan Noisy, Cal Conley. I mean, very high-powered offense, great lineup, and that really uh, puts a lot more responsibility on Ty Maddens, Tristan Stevens, and Colby Kubitschek to really be at the top of the game. Then the bullpen, like you said, you know, uh, if Madden and Stevens can really put together a solid outing, uh, the bullpen really just needs to kind of close things down really to get Texas a victory. I think the Texas offense is also going to have to play very well. You know, uh, two players that are playing, three really, that are playing very well lately. In fact, this entire season really are. Mitchell Daly, for one, has been incredibly impressive, a great hitter for average. Zach Zubia is another player that's very hot lately. And also uh, Doug Hodo, Douglas Hodo III, uh, he's another player, you know, he's put together a very, very good season. All three are very good at hitting for average. Daly and uh, Zubia also stand out because they can also uh, certainly hit for uh, power as well. Certainly a lot of doubles and home runs for them this season. So this is really just, I think, an overall exciting series. I think if the Texas hitters can take advantage of a Texas Tech offense or pitching, excuse me, Texas Tech pitching, that's really going to be the difference maker because uh, pitching uh, – Texas pitching will certainly need to be at the top of their A game. Uh, both teams, you know, very, very, very good at what they do. For Texas, that's pitching, as we talked about. For Texas Tech, that's offense. And to see those kind of those two uh, forces go against each other this weekend is going to be a lot of fun and very exciting to watch. It will be really exciting to, to speak to your point, Luke, about the Texas Tech pitching staff. Uh, Texas will have a bit of a challenge facing two left-handed starters, over the course of the series, uh, Friday night starter, or Friday starter, I should say, uh, Patrick Monteverdi as uh, a lefty comes in six and two with a three point two zero ERA, and then Sunday uh, it'll be lefty Mason Montgomery two and two on the year with a ERA of four. Uh, Saturday starter, the lone righty in the rotation, Mike Dallas one and two with a three point two three earned run average, and uh, you know uh, one thing that I did want to note, and this isn't going to come up when you just look at the game on paper. But Texas Tech lost Friday night starter Brandon Birdsell uh, during the TCU series, and he's out for the rest of the year. That moved this rotation up. And so you ask any starter, they'll tell you it's different pitching on Saturday versus pitching on Friday. Uh, Patrick Monteverdi had been starting on Saturdays, was shifted up to the Friday night starter. Dallas was gone from Sundays to Saturdays, and Montgomery went from being a midweek starter 
uh, to now starting on Sunday. So it's it's really tough when, when you're putting up position midseason, uh, not really prepared for that. And so that's going to be something that Texas can really take advantage of, being that these starters haven't really been in this position for very, very long at this point. For sure, and although that may not apply to the series with the time change, but, you know, it's certainly yeah. a much different atmosphere on both Friday and Saturday. You know, Friday, you're under the lights. You're uh, playing in front of, you know, what's arguably going to be the biggest crowd of that series. A very great atmosphere, especially at Dishfalk Field. We all know how, you know, uh, certainly passionate and excited the fans will get for their team. And so I think that's going to be uh, – that can certainly be a difference maker today, you know. It's never easy to lose a starting pitcher in your rotation, but, you know, being your Friday starter who, you know, is typically uh, on many teams uh, arguably their best player, uh, best pitcher, excuse me. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for Tech, not just in this series, but for the rest of the season. And I think another real big significant part of the series, or kind of to, you know, credit the significance of it, is, you know, Texas is currently tied with TCU for first uh, first place in the Big 12 with a 12-3 and record. This weekend, Texas is going to take on, uh, sorry, TCU is going to take on West Virginia, who uh, is uh, certainly towards the bottom of the Big 12. They're 15-18 and 18 overall with the 6-9 and nine conference record. So as soon as TCU really does get a win in this series, you know, it, that'll be interesting to see how that affects uh, uh, Texas. Because Texas, you know, we talked about uh, before, they really need to be at the top of their game for this series. And if they can do that, then hopefully they can really uh, uh, stay at the top of the Big 12 standings. Because if... Uh, like I said, if TCU can get a win or a sweep, that could potentially move Texas to second place. Yeah, Kansas helped out the Longhorns uh, last weekend by being TCU on Sunday, uh, which kept the Longhorns and Horn Frogs tied uh, for that number one spot in the league standings. You mentioned the time change, Luke. Uh, due to weather, uh, Friday night, or today's game, I should say, was moved from 7 uh, to 2, and then tomorrow's game on Saturday moved up from 2.30 to noon. Uh, Sunday will stay at 2.30 as of right now. But uh, to, to your point as well, I, I think that when you get these two teams battling, it, it always brings out the best in both teams and all the players, regardless of you know how long they've been playing at the college level because there's just this sense of rivalry. And, and there's this sense of you know knowing that these two teams are almost always competing for the Big 12 title year in, year out. And even though Texas Tech is having – what some might consider a down year at this point. Uh, personally, I think you know they're they're way better with the, than what their record says. Uh, you, you can't ever, ever, you know, uh, underestimate what a team's going to bring in. And, and I do want to bring up a storyline too that a lot of people haven't necessarily known about. In 2018, it was Texas who upset Texas Tech at home, which left a lasting impact on the Red Raiders. They would not lose. Another home series until last week at Baylor. The week before that upset that Texas launched in 2018, Texas had lost a series to West Virginia. Now Baylor comes in to Austin having lost a home series against Baylor last week. Uh, and so Texas Tech's possibly in that position to upset Texas, who has not lost a home series since the final week of the 2019 season uh, when they lost two of three to Oklahoma. Yeah, but it's certainly very interesting and something I wanted to bring up earlier, you know, you're talking about this Texas Tech team, you know, the kind of their record and their losses really don't show how good a team they are because uh, this is a team that they have lost series uh, to both Kansas State and, as you just mentioned, Baylor at home. So 
Well, they are uh, seven and eight in the conference right now. I still, uh, like you, believe they are uh, one of the uh, conference's top teams. There's no doubt about that. You know, we uh, were talking earlier about how uh, great their offense is. Uh, one of the one of them is high powered in the country, and so this really just kind of speaks to really not taking any opponent. Uh, you know, not taking them kind of under the radar. I guess you could say not. Uh, uh, not underestimating them. Sorry, that's what I was looking for. And uh, that's what it comes down to, just playing your hardest in every game, you know. And I think Texas really does respect Texas Tech. You know, they know how good a team they are. They know how talented they are. And I think that's going to motivate them uh, to really play their best this weekend. Also being a rivalry, I think that can bring some passion into it as well. It certainly will be. I'm, I'm expecting there to be a quite a crowd at Dish Fox. For all three games. And one thing uh, that I did want to bring up too, Luke, you were talking about Zach Zuby a little bit earlier. I did not realize he is on, uh, just looking at it now, 19 games. He has reached base safely, had a three-hit game against Incarnate Ward on Tuesday. He'll look to continue that, possibly extend it to 22 games by the end of the series against Texas Tech. But, man, reaching base uh, in 19 straight games is something very hard to do. Any college here, I'll tell you that especially considering uh, the, the arms Texas has faced throughout these last, you know, several weeks. For sure, and that's, I think it's especially difficult to really create and maintain an on-base trick like that in a conference like the Big 12 because you got teams uh, like Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma State, uh, Oklahoma. So it's certainly a very big baseball conference, uh, second to really only the SEC, in my opinion. And uh, Zach Zuby, he's really shown multiple ways of getting on-base, not only – uh, with his bat uh, in hitting, but really uh, through taking walks and just really maintaining a really good eye at the plate. I think it was versus Kansas State, but at one point he had six walks and uh, six consecutive plate appearances. So that's uh, really one of his strengths, and I think that's really one of the things you pick up. Being a veteran, being, uh, I think, maybe an academically a senior like he is, uh, that's really kind of something that you develop over time and across your college career. And uh, he, he's really got the stats to uh, show that. He certainly does. It should be an exciting series, Luke. We got some some good players, two good teams battling out in Austin. You can't ask for anything better than that. Just keep our fingers crossed that the rain doesn't uh, affect this series any more than it has already, and we get to see uh, the Red Raiders and Longhorns battle it out for, for three very, very closely contested games. No question. This is a series that – uh, Texas fans and I think Big 12 fans alike have really been looking forward to as soon as uh, it's really put on a schedule. And I think it's going to be uh, great, you know, if Texas can at the very least win this series, I think I think it will provide some really great momentum going to the TCU series next week. And- Certainly will be. We're, we're looking forward to it. Texas does have uh, back-to-back really, really tough weeks. Texas Tech at home. TCU uh, following next week, and so it'll be a, a great time for Texas baseball. Hopefully they can finish off this season strong. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in to this segment, the Horns Australia Beyond the Stats podcast from Rosales and Luke White. Have a great week, Texas fans, and hook them horns.